Welcome to Raising Pensacola, a Pensacola Mom Collective podcast. Whether you're a new mom tackling the newborn stage or a seasoned mom navigating the empty nest, you are welcome here. We are all moms navigating this journey together. We are here to make sure you know your seat at our table is welcomed. So while you finish laundry, go for a walk, or are just grabbing your chair, join us as we are Raising Pensacola together. Now, help me welcome your mom hosts, Casey Simpson, Jane Lauder, and Ann McDonald. On today's episode of Raising Pensacola, Jane, Ann, and I are going to be talking about our uber mom life, aka all the extracurricular activities our kids are doing, why they're doing them, um, what we've learned, because I will tell you all, I have learned a lot, (laughs) especially after... 2020 when the world opened up in 2021 I was like Ellie you want to play basketball sure okay let's try it you want to do dance okay sure let's try it gymnastics okay oh now did you do more than one at a time we did one a season we did multiple in a year which I would never do that again <laughs> we can get into that in a bit, but um, yeah, we're going to talk about extracurricular activities and it's not just sports. We're talking, you know, the arts, theater, music, dance, and you know, all the things. So what are your kids involved in currently? So we are knee deep in soccer season. Soccer is big with us. We tried baseball, but I think the kids were a little too young. And for my boys with their ADHD, baseball was just too slow of a sport for them. They can't sit there and watch. And it, I even find it kind of slow. You know, so it's like um, they, they didn't really take to that. Now, after our trip that we took this summer and went to all the baseball games, my youngest son has been out there throwing the ball and he's very interested. Of course, my rule is one thing a season. So we'd already signed up for soccer. So we're doing soccer now. And I think he's going to try baseball in the spring, which I'm pretty sure is a horrible decision, but we're, we're going to go with it. We're going to see how it goes down because I think spring's a real tough season. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, we do soccer and they really haven't. They tried basketball. It was not their jam. They I'm trying to get them into tennis because I'm a huge tennis player. So I'm trying to, you know, get them some lessons and see if they want to play with me. But yes, a big sports family. Yeah, that's awesome. What so we we are doing. Um, so I have a girl and a boy, and my girl loves all things girl. So we are doing cheer, which I was adamantly against, and here I am. <laughs> um, and eat we your are words. remember that last podcast. <laughs> yeah, eat your words. I eat them all the time. <laughs> um, and then we are doing tap and voice lessons and mix and magic showstoppers for the girl. Um, and then my middle, just never her. She, she's very into the arts. Um, and you know, the, that's okay, but it's a whole, I have a lot that I've learned too. So Mm -hmm. I don't even know where I begin. And then, um, 
my son is golf and um, I want to get him into tennis too. But, you know, I find as they get older, we have, we have other commitments, you know, he's doing youth group at church. Um, he's doing a training workout thing. Um, he, he has not playing any sports in the fall. Um, and a lot of that is a confidence thing that we're going through right now because I feel like sports get so competitive Mm -hmm. and he is not the best and we're trying to convince him you don't have to be the best, but he has this whole thing in his head. So that's a whole nother, you know, part of this gig too. But, um, I feel like my afternoons, I really am an Uber driver, ladies. It is the most, I'm I'm so happy for them. And I always say, whatever y'all want to try, we'll Mm -hmm. support. And we have tried a lot of things. And I'm like, as long as you love it, I will show up. Cheer was not the first thing on my list, but my daughter loved it. So I said, yes, and we'll do it. Um, But it is exhausting. Yes. What about y'all, Casey? Uh, So this year, this is the very first year that both my girls, they're in first and third grade this year, they are doing the same thing. Lucky. Once a week. Once a week. Um, I take that back. Yes, once a week. And we're doing palm jazz. So basically think the makings of a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, but make them tiny and less pressure. (laughs) So they get the little pom poms and um, they they do dances. They there's no stunting with it, so it's not cheerleading. It's more dancing right. with palms, which I cheered in high school. So this is like giving me You're all here the for life. it. I am so here for it. Um, I do take that back. There was one season we did put the girls in soccer, but that was just that was way too much. Even though they were the same days, it was like Tuesday, Thursday, and a Saturday game. It was like we were on the soccer fields for like hours just because of the way the practices lined up. So while it was a good thing for us to try at, for that age and stage, it was just not for us. And the girls, we asked them to, we gave them the option. Do you guys want to do soccer again this school year? And they were like, no. So you find it interesting how, as parents, the things that we potentially did, like I played soccer growing up and again, huge tennis player. So I'm like really into these sports. So when my kids get into them, I'm into them on like a different level. Like I coach their soccer teams, which is like a whole nother level of like getting involved that if you haven't, I've put out a couple articles about, you know, being my son's coach and then like what my son learned through losing the championship last year, which was just, I mean, it was one of the hardest things for me to not cry in front of all these kids when we lost that championship. It was because so, they put everything out on that field, everything, and they worked so hard, and they were such a great team. It ended in a shootout. <gasps> oh. And it was just, you know, we were one less than the other team, and it wasn't that anybody failed, you know, and then of mm-hmm. course the kids who missed the shot were just like distraught. And I'm like, keep it together. Don't cry. Don't cry. I'm strong for the team. But it was really hard because I, you know, you, I, I find myself just really, I'm secretly, cause I try to hold it deep inside, extremely competitive. And so when I'm out there coaching their losses, I feel like it's my loss. I'm, I'm the Ted Lasso. He is my, he's my like <laughs> soccer coach goals. Right. I watch that and I'm like, yes, Ted, I, I feel you. And then on the tennis court, I'm the same way. Like my tennis team will be like, you're really nice. And I'm like, I'm dying inside. If we are losing, 
I am like beating myself up inside. I'm just trying to like not let anybody else see how much I care. <laughs> that is so funny. so funny. I have a love hate relationship with all of this stuff. I love it. Like I would love to be on a tennis team, but I can't commit to a tennis team. Right. And so I feel like that with like my kids stuff too, like my daughter wanted to do soccer next level. So, you know, we moved up and and not just playing for the city, but then it was like so overwhelming. She burnt out. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was eight. And so I'm like, okay, I get, I just don't think you're passionate enough about this, but then I'm also like, are you supposed to be passionate enough about this at eight, you know, to be like, this becomes your whole life. So I go back and forth with this stuff because I want them to be involved, but, and I want them to do well, you know, cause that makes them feel good. But I'm also like, I don't want to commit my life to it. Mm-hmm. Like, so people, I want to go out in the boat on a pretty Saturday. I don't want to sit at a soccer field or a baseball field. I mean, Maybe that's selfish. I don't know. You guys tell me, but I I have this. And my mom always says it's so next level from when you girls did it. You know, when you girls did it, you had one game. We were all home by noon and everyone was, you know, out on their boats or at the beach by one o'clock kind of thing. And I just feel like we have evolved this this system of like they need to do extracurriculars and they need to be well-rounded and they need to do 10. and, And I just have this true love hate relationship with that thought. Yeah. Rain, I totally agree with you. So, you know, Warren and Michael have played for the city league, which has been great. Right. But the coach has been me. And I only know so much, despite the fact that I played, I only know so much about soccer and I feel like they are, they're good and they need to kind of be pushed to the next level. So we considered select soccer this year. We, we went to one tryout and we, we checked out a couple of teams But at the end of the day, um, when we were talking about, you know, what this is going to cost, the time that we're going to have to commit to this, Warren and Michael were both like, "Mm, that's we want to be able to do other things. We want to be able to explore the sports. We we love the city league. We like playing with our friends. It's more about we enjoy soccer and we enjoy playing with our friends, not we want to (laughs) like play like next level soccer. Right. Because it is. I mean, you are out there on tournaments every weekend one of Warren's good friends that he played with in the city league for a long time went, went what I, what we say professional <laughs> when he would select. And it really is like next the the time commitment, not, and then also the financial commitment. I was the same way, Jane. I was like, is this how, is this really what I want my life to be? Because that is what it becomes. It becomes mm-hmm. all consuming. Right. It becomes the thing that you can afford, the thing that you're doing. But it's and- also one of those things, if your kid loves it, you're like, okay, hands down. Like if you want me to be at the baseball field all yeah. Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. But like, I need your passion behind that too. And I guess my kids just aren't at that level with anything. Like they both want to be able to do other things. Like my son loves to hunt and fish. So he's never wanted to play basketball because that's every weekend during hunting season, you know? And so it's like, I, but I commend these parents that do it because it is so much commitment and it is financially as well as on your family. But I also find that, and I don't know if you see this Casey yet, but I also find that society sort of starts pushing you that way, you know, like because my middle schooler is not super great at anything. I feel like he's, he's just kind of been pushed out. Like no one said Mm -hmm. that to him, 
but everything is so next level that he just feels so less than trying to do any of it. Well, I was talking to my neighbor across the street and her son is right in the middle of my two girls. So we're, they're about in the same life stage of like sports and extracurriculars and trying to figure out what we love and what we don't love and stuff. And she was saying like, it is very next level, especially for sports and on the, I mean, for boys, I, for the girls, I did, I did not really get that sense a lot. When my daughter played, my oldest played soccer, she played in an, on an all girl soccer team. They were all, there was like maybe one really good girl and they were all very mediocre at best, which I'm like you, Anne, inside I'm super competitive. When I played in PE, soccer, basketball, volleyball, I gave it my all. I was like, yes, make me a forward. I'm chasing that ball. My daughter's standing over there like looking around. I'm like, Ellie, run. <laughs> like I had to really hold it back. Um, but I did notice when my daughter, my younger daughter played soccer, same year, she was on a co-ed team and that co-ed team, they were very competitive, especially because with the boys, like the coach's son, and he was, he and his wife, sweetest people, but he's also very competitive. I mean, like he was trading kids out, like in and out, like it was like, you know, the world cup or something. And I'm like, we are four and five years old. Um, I used to joke that my, cause my husband would pace the field and like yell at the boys. And I'm like, every game's the world cup to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is but I enjoyed coaching because when you're coaching, you can be into it and scream at them and yell at them and, and make them do no, and like <laughs> No, and that's the teacher in you. No. <laughs> we can still scream and yell and we don't want to take on the coaching ability. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are always like, I was screaming. We were having a, a draft party at the house the other day because that's a whole other thing is the football now. They're getting into the football. They, they're doing fantasy drafts. They want to play football. So now I'm like trying to like figure out if that's going to work out. So many options, right? And um, I was yelling at the kids because they ran off through the neighborhood. And I'm like, get back to the house. Like, where? what are you doing? And they're all joking. They're like, there's that teacher voice coming out like that. <laughs> you just said something. You just said something that really hit me um, about football. And there's so many options. Do you think there's so many options as moms? We don't know even where to steer our own kids. Like, do y'all ever feel overwhelmed in the sense of like, you want your kids to try stuff, right? Because it's like, I went to this ADHD camp and he always said, keep plugging in, you know, like until the light bulb goes off mm -hmm. with an activity that an ADHD kid loves, because once they fall in love with it and the light goes off, you know, you're great, but like, know that they're going to hop around. Right. But I also feel like sometimes we're hopping around and it's like, oh, you can play um, flag football, but you can do it in this league and this league. And, and then I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, really I can't hard. make this decision. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how you say like plug in because with Warren's ADHD, that's soccer. I mean, he is hyper-focused during the game and he plays the midfielder and he is what makes him a good player is not necessarily his skills. It's his ability to anticipate mm -hmm. and see patterns and understand what that player is going to do next and cut them off because he is so hyper-focused during soccer. So that's like his, whereas Michael will kind of, he's like still like, oh, I'll try baseball. I'll try this. I'll try that. Warren is very honed in on soccer, which is why we were considering this the professional, but 
he was like, I still want to keep it fun. And I still want to do it with my friends. But as much as there's all these opportunities in different spaces for sports, what really kind of frustrates me is when the kids are in that trying stage and they're really old enough to start participating in the sports and, and the way that the sport's meant to be played. Like, so let's take youth soccer. You're not really playing soccer until you 10, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you eight still like four on four. So you're still just learning your, your skill building. So you're not really learning the game until a little bit older. Same with some of these other sports like tennis and football and, all, and golf, all that stuff. And so during that trying phase, they're not really learning how the sport goes necessarily. But then by the time you're supposed to potentially be trying that sport out, you got to be good. Like Jane said, like you got to be mm -hmm. great or you got to get off. Yeah. Like, and that's, yeah, that's what my neighbor said about uh, youth sports. I think it was baseball is what yeah. we were talking about. That's what I'm it's worried like, about with the spring for Michael. Like if I toss him into baseball, you know, he's 10 and spring soccer never played or spring baseball never played before. He's going to get eaten alive. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> I'm really worried for that. And so, but I, and I feel like I shouldn't be, I feel like he sh still should be able to try stuff out at this phase. Yeah. I have a girlfriend, her son, when he was doing baseball, he was doing some kind of upper echelon league in middle school for baseball and scouts for colleges were coming out to their games to like handshake. We're going to get you in on, you know, Troy, we're going to get you in on Alabama. And I was like, what? That's insane. Who says what they're playing and how they're playing in middle school is going to predict anything about how they're doing it in college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I feel I like that's too much mm -hmm. just because I mean, but I will know, say school, you're just trying stuff. I mean, you're just trying stuff, but that's how heated it is. I mean, I will say if you have a kid that that's competitive and you're listening today, like, you know, that like, if you're not making that video of your kid and you're not letting that recruiter come, like you're one step behind the other kid and he's going to get the spot, you know, and some kids, use this way to go to college. And I fully respect that. And I think that's amazing. But um, I just, the pressure on parents and kids to me without even realizing it is, is very intense. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Warren wants to be the next Tom Brady. And I was like, I think you missed the boat, kid. I think you want to start playing football. <laughs> okay. But you know what? But how old is he? Because then I heard some story recently about the, um, the boy, the brothers, one played, they're both retired now, but they went to the NFL. Yes. They didn't start playing till high school, but I just feel like, is no, that like, something that like is still relevant today? Or was that just when they were growing up? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to be a ballerina, like, do you have to start at four or can you start at 14 and still go to the next level? I guess that's my question. And, and I don't know the answer to that. I just know that like, I do walk into cheer that my daughter's trying for the first time and they are so accepting of every level and she mm -hmm. made the team and it's been a wonderful experience for her. But then I walk in there and I see some girls that are probably, I mean, I don't know how old they are, but I'm assuming a few years older and they're good. And if I was their mom, I'd be like encouraging more of cheerleading because mm -hmm. they literally are so talented. My so with extracurricular activities and sports is as my kids, I don't, I have no illusions that my kids are going to go to college on a, on a sports scholarship. <laughs> so that that's, you know, I don't think that'll happen for my, my kids, but what I see in sports and what I see it giving to my kids is I see it giving them an instant friend group. 
you know, when they go into middle school and transition to high school, if you become part of that team, it's an instant friend group that you're that you're there with now. It's an instant um, schedule. You've got a coach on you. You've got responsibilities. When you're on that team, you're. it's not just about what you want and what you want to do. You're learning how to work with others. You're learning how to, you know, sacrifice what sometimes what you want for someone else, for the team, for the good of the team. And I think at any sport, at that high school level and at middle school level, that's what they're really taking away. And for me, sports, as they get to that, as they get older, I mean, I'm hoping that it will insulate them from a lot of like the, the scary middle school and high school stuff that can happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. fingers crossed. I don't know if it will, but that's, a, I that's, think that's, that's fair. Like, like, let's stick with the sport. Let's just play something and feel accomplished at it and feel like that's your space where you can feel successful. I think, I think that's the goal, right? Whether you're doing palm cheer, voice lessons, football, like scouts, whatever it is, it's the sense of accomplishment is what we need to teach our kids. Not winning. Mm-hmm. It's okay that that was terrible that, that y'all lost. And I'm sure in that moment you cried and everyone cried and it was so hard, but the ultimate goal was like, do you feel accomplished this season? And both teams have to feel that way because oh, they, they got to the end. Right. Ready. And so, yeah, it's just like Sable when she does her theater stuff, like by the end and they put on that production and everyone comes to see like, she's more confident. She walks away with a bit more confidence and she feels accomplished. And that's what I I want for my son too. But I also think that's what I want for all kids because whatever it is that they're doing, you know, martial arts, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of all the different like things that we've tried and plugged into, like there is, we need to create more of a environment of accomplishment versus this competitive, you have to be the best and on the A team. And, you know, it's, yeah. The best thing about that too is in our world of instant gratification, sports is teaching them that it's a process, that you're not just going to go out there and have it instantaneously. There's a process to learning, like, especially with a play, all the work that goes into it, the set design, the learning the lines. I mean, how many times did you practice before you actually put that performance on for somebody else. You know, how long did you work on that skill? Did you go to practices before your team finally got to that next level? Mm -hmm. So that to me is something that's really important about sports too, is is teaching kids that you have to take steps like a lot, like you have to keep working towards that goal. It's not just going to happen like that. That is so true like that is a truth bomb right there and that just really hit home with me because this last school year so my youngest did dance my oldest did piano and both girls were like uh i don't want to go to dance i don't want to go i don't you know i don't know that i want to play piano blah 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 blah. and i'm like well we're committed so you're gonna do it until may at least at the very least and they both had recitals this year. So this was my first, this is our first piano recital for my oldest. This is our second recital for my youngest. But for um, the dance recital, we actually stayed for 
um, a good majority of the recital because spoiler alert, dance recitals are freakishly long. (laughs) Um, So, but we, we, I noticed that when we stayed and we were watching the older girls, my youngest was just standing there, like kind of like dancing along with them in the seat. Like her mouth is agape. Like she's just staring at them, like clapping, like having a really good time. And this is the child that every single Monday it was like, pulling teeth to get her to put on her little leotard and like to go you like go to dance and I'm like I don't know why you complain about going because you seem to enjoy the actual practice but after that recital I said to her okay what do you do you want to do dance next year and she's like yep and I said okay what do you want to do and she's like you know ballet or whatever I was like are you sure she's like yeah I really love it I'm like really (laughs) That's interesting. Um, (laughs) And so they didn't offer palm jazz last year, but when I showed them palm jazzes on TikTok, that's when they decided, like, that's what they wanted to do, do something a little fun. Um, And then with my oldest in piano, the recital was, like, such a big thing for her. Like, she got to dress up. She got to show off her, her piece to the family and like all her friends that were there and like the other families. And it, it, it really did feel like a, of a sense of accomplishment for her mm-hmm. because I feel like now she has a um, more motivation to continue with it. Um, and like music is really big in our family. I played piano. My parents made me play piano at least through, I would say through, through high school Um, once I got to about like eighth, ninth grade, then it was a choice. Like I got to make that decision and I wanted to play piano only because I wanted the clout for it. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's fine. Trained in singing. (laughs) Um, Through Pensacola, Jane and I both did Pensacola Children's Choir. (laughs) So I would say I was not trained in singing. (laughs) Yeah. Do not make us sing on this podcast. (laughs) That's too funny. We should have a karaoke podcast. I love that. And I totally agree. But to spin this on its head, I do think with extracurriculars for those listening today, like there is not a lot of mom awards for being the Uber driver, like straight up. I mean, I can't even figure out my Tuesdays without like literally writing it out on a paper. I mean, I have a friend that like puts it out on a poster board. I mean, it is overwhelming. So shout out to the moms with more than one kid that are running these afternoon carpools to try to remember what the heck time your kids activity starts and to get them in the clothes and get them in the, because with Sable, I, we have bags, we have our cheer bag, we have our dance bag, we have, I mean, I told her, I'm like, everything has to have a bag and everything has to live in that bag because otherwise we're all running around the house trying to find the tap shoes mm-hmm. or the soccer cleats or the football pads. And I'm like, you guys, that's a I really can't. good tip. We do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you have your soccer bag. It all lives in that bag. Don't put it anywhere else, but in yep. that backpack and that backpack goes from the house to the car. Yep. The girls yeah. palms and their jazz shoes are in a sports bag in my car. It does not leave my car. Yeah. So, so but for real, shout out to the moms that can handle that. I mean, because it is another thing. And, and we've talked about this often, like the mom burnout. I mean, those are the things that sometimes burn me out because I'm like, okay, I just did a full day of work. Like I pick you up. 
you're whining about having to go to whatever XYZ activity, which like Casey said, the final performance comes and they're like, sign me up. It was the best year ever. And you're like, really? Because you whined the whole way there. You know, I'm like, if you complain and you whine and you make this and you make it difficult for me, we will sign up for the next season. And that happened one time, Michael. When he was younger, he had a really bad soccer season. He didn't play for two more. He didn't play two next two seasons because I was like, I'm not doing this until you want to play and you can put you can put the soccer gear on yourself. That's huge because that mm-hmm. takes a amount of time. I think you've told us this on a yeah. previous one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it really is. And so for all the moms who might even listen to this while they're shuttling back and forth, um, shout out to you because I often this is. This is the exact thing that pushes me to like my breakdowns midway through the year where I'm just like, I concede. It is like running afternoon carpools, figuring out who needs to be where, at what time, how I'm going to get them there. And also because, you know, rightfully so, as we've talked about in meal planning, they're starving the minute they get home. And you're Mm -hmm. like, well, that's great because I've been driving you around. So um, I have, we have gotten in a couple carpools, which I highly recommend if you, you know, can, which I'm sure most moms do if they can, but it's one of those things that I just feel like we are so in it for our kids. And that's the part of motherhood that is thankless, but also that's the part of like being a wife too, that I sometimes don't think my husband <laughs> realizes like we have separate bags for this stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, like just those little logistics that get into all of these activities as they move up in the stages. I will say for me, I I can easily like compartmentalize a lot of this because I'm like, okay, we're good. Like when we did soccer that one season, I'm like, okay, we literally have soccer from March to May. It's only 10 weeks. So that's how I think about some of these seasons. It I'm like, okay, like so much longer. It does. And I learned that with soccer specifically, but when I'm, you know, when I was planning it, I'm like, okay, it, it's not the end of the world. If we don't do it next year, it's only 10 weeks that we're committed. And then we'll see after that, if they want to be the next Mia Ham, then we will cross that bridge when we get to it after the season's over with basketball. It was the same thing. Like I was like, okay, it's only, I think it was like, eight weeks, there are four games, it's only these nights. And I made those times, um, like, I made it about me. I'm like, I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. And I'm just going to let my brain like rest, or I'm going to like scroll on my phone, or I'm going to read a book, or I'm going to go, you know, meet a friend or something like that. Listen to a podcast. Listen to a podcast. (laughs) Listen to music. Like, when I I'm coaching the boys teams and with Michael's team, his whole team is all of my like good girlfriends. And so they sit on the sidelines, chatting it up, having a grand old time during practice. And I'm sitting over there trying to wrangle, you know, doing the the Lord's work over there. (laughs) Yes. And every year I'm like, okay, who wants to coach this year? I'm out. And they're like, but you're such a good coach. And, and they're so nice to me. And they give me a great like coach's gift at the end of the year. But I caught them having like thirsty Thursday on the field one time. And I was like, all right, this is BS. <laughs> Y'all this is why they longer. encourage you, right? You figured yeah. out the like behind the scenes, like we just keep encouraging and she's doing so good. And also we don't have to do it. <laughs> I know, like, nobody else wants to take the, 
take the take the puck. So I was like, great. I was like, okay, this is my last my go my thing with coaching soccer is U twelve is where I cut it off. I coached my son in U twelve last season. And that was really kind of where I felt like I just was doing a disservice because I didn't know enough about soccer and coaching it to take them to the next level where they needed to be to really kind of like be this, to be the winning team. Let me just say that. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> but um, so I was like, this is my last season, y'all. We're moving up to U12. Somebody else has to take it. Yeah. <laughs> I say that every season, by the way, and nobody believes me, probably because I keep coaching. Yeah. It's fun to watch you coach, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, well, it's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, I know that, you know, trying to figure out our kids and all the extracurricular activities can be really hard and really challenging and really tiring. But for me, and expensive, and it's a big investment, but I just, I just find so much value in, like, you know, if you're able to afford your kids these opportunities to do it, because I know, like, my parents did that for us. And I don't know how they did it. I was in swim. I did like piano lessons. I did um, ice skating lessons. I did a bunch of random stuff. And then once I got proficient at it, they're like, okay, (laughs) we're done. I was like, okay. Um, But they afforded those opportunities to me because they didn't have those opportunities when they were a kid. And so like for me, when I'm thinking about like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I don't want to drive them across town to gymnastics at PSC and we live out in like nowhere near PSC. Um, I'm thinking, you know what, but at least they're getting the opportunity to do that. And at least I can look like, you know, when they're older, we could say, well, we tried all these things and this is what you found at that time. You yes. decided that gymnastics, you know, you loved it, but it wasn't for you. You would rather do dance or, you know, you tried soccer when you're younger, like you had these opportunities. We gave you these opportunities um, as best we could, you know, we are not holding them back. And I know like, again, it's a time commitment and that's hard for me as a working mom. It's a monetary commitment too, which, you know, everybody's, everybody's families are different. You know, everybody's priorities are different, but I feel like if you're able to, you know, even, even just like one of those, like, I know Mix and Magic sometimes does the little one day dance camp things. Like that's like a a one day thing, you know, um, trying that or a little art lesson somewhere, or maybe like a mini soccer camp. Cause I know, um, West Florida soccer club did some kind of like quick summer soccer camp at one, I think it was last summer they did it. It It's like three day commitment, but um, allowing your kids to afford these, op- like to have these opportunities, I think will definitely help them. It brings them a bunch of random people that they don't know. They learn team building. They, you know, they're learning other people. They're out of their normal group of kids from school. And I don't know. I just, I just see a lot of value with um, extracurriculars. So I'm I not agree. sure if the article will be out by the time we release this podcast. But I wrote an art, a sponsored article for Pensacola Moms Collective about um, the participation in sports, specifically football, and how that benefits your child and all the things that they learn from that. And I ended up reaching out to a friend of mine who runs this like intense NFL training camp. And he, was, he also coaches his son's youth football team. And he said that they're learning lessons during these, these playing these sports that they don't have the opportunity to learn day to day. Like he said, with football, you learn a level of self-awareness 
that a lot of kids don't have at that age, you know, and, and we joked, we're like, how often does your kid like run into a wall? Cause they're just not paying attention <laughs> to their surroundings versus when they're in these sports. Like I said, with my son, with Warren, like he has to analyze patterns of other players. He has to anticipate what's happening. He has to move with other people. It's not just him singularly out there playing by himself. So these team sports are not only building his like, you know, how to be part of a team, but it's building his self-awareness. It's building his, where's my place in this system type of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much value in it. So I just want to encourage the moms out there when you feel burned out, when you feel tired of mom Ubering around, when you feel disappointed that your kid isn't the next Mia Hamm. I like, I will be honest. Like I was like, no, they didn't get the competitive gene. And my kid looks like a fool just standing on the sidelines. Like, I don't know what to do with this ball. When these things are hard, <laughs> I just want to encourage moms. Like, you know, the kids, they don't realize it now, but I think they'll realize it later. Like, man, we, we were able to do these. We were able to try these things. And it is definitely a benefit for all those reasons, learning um, different techniques, using a different part of your brain, like Anne said. And, um, you know, again, it's it's hard, but it's so it's so worth it, I, I think, especially at this age and stage. So with that, um, we will wrap this episode up. And let us know what what sports extracurricular activities your kids are in. We'd love to hear about them. How do you feel about mom Ubering? Let us know. And as always, like, subscribe, and comment, and share. Don't forget to share our episode today. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to Raising Pensacola, a Pensacola Mom Collective podcast. Make sure you follow Raising Pensacola and Pensacola Mom Collective on Instagram and Facebook. If you like the episode, give us a like, review, and let's keep the conversation going. Let us know what you want to talk about.